The Enneagram of Personality Podcast with Logan Jones is a part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Alrighty, and welcome back, y'all. Today's episode is all about Type 5. Ennea Type 5, a very private eye. This observer is all about head energy. This Enneagram type lives in the head, lives in the mind, and it wants the rich life. It wants abundance. Remember we were talking about abundance versus scarcity? Well, this is an abundance type, but they look for this richness in their inner life, in their mind, in their head, in the life of of the mind. So they're always looking for wisdom, trying to see everything, um, see through things, um, very often, these observers uh, see themselves as, I'm invisible, uh, and yet I see everything. If they go to a rock concert, for example, these will not be the types that will generally be in the front of the line or in the mosh pit, if you will. They are the ones who prefer the back of the house, <laughs> the um, you know corner area of the cafe, so that they have a good little little spot, a good little point of view, a good perch from which to view everything. They need privacy uh, a lot and a lot of privacy. They are aware of um, the fact that they have something like a smart device battery life. They're always aware of the percentage of their own energy and how it is draining. And the real world is overwhelming and seemingly does nothing but drain them. So sometimes that can be an actual feeling. I've had type fives actually tell me they, they feel almost like an invisible other tugging at their sleeve or the edge of their pants to, to kind of get them to, to like, let's let's leave it's enough it's enough already um these are the types that heading into any kind of meeting love an agenda they need to at least know what is this meeting about when is it beginning and when is it planned to end they'll get real nervous and anxiety um is really present when they don't know when something is going to end uh that would be i guess you could say a quote fear of the five um these are the these are the ones that are most obviously quote unquote in their heads. Um, these are the types in the world that when you look at them, you think, yeah, they're they're upstairs. <laughs> They've they have gone up into their mind. Um, it's just obvious or more obvious than any other of the head uh, enneagram types, which would be five, six, and seven. They have a long view of things, though. Um, these. These uh, type fives are the ones who can plan really well and can foresee uh, a lot of things. They spend a great uh, deal of attention uh, to their interior life, which can of course then make them extremely sensitive to anything going on on the inside, their thoughts and feelings, if you will, on their head, and also very articulate. Sometimes they seem mature beyond their years. So if you've ever felt that way about a youngster that you've gotten to know or something, um, chances are maybe they're a five. Um, in the book Parables and the Enneagram, Clarence Thompson writes this about fives. An 18-year-old five applied for college. The entrance essay was entitled, quote, The Observer. 
The first line began, I'm invisible. Typical of an intellectual five. He understood with limpid clarity his own wishes, actions, and responses. <laughs> Fives need privacy like a small, edible animal. And they feel like a little like them. They live in fear of being devoured, in a sense, he writes. And that's fascinating, isn't it? So what, so what do they really want? Well, like I said, they want abundance. They want uh, rich. Being rich is their preferred metaphor uh, for life. And isn't this also what Jesus promised? So we're going to work with that for sure. The stereotypical absent-minded professor, preoccupied um, with their inner life at the expense of what the rest of the world says is perhaps more real. Fives love contemplation. (laughs) They have no problem sitting in silence or being in solitude for a generous period of time. Let me put it that way. (laughs) When they are unhealthy, however, on the flip side, right? The reason they like to live on very little is that then they think they won't be dependent on others. You know, they won't be needy. Uh, They don't have to interact with others then, you see. Often they're writers. uh, They're definitely keen observers, however you look at it. The most intellectual of all the numbers, for sure. All right, so what they most want is this abundance, the rich life, the good life, the abundant life. And instead of the abundance of life, because let's face it, that's that's not how most of us experience life on a day-to-day basis, fives tend to settle for what they can get in their heads. They'll often do without um, certain pleasures, like a lot of clothes or extravagant food and all that. Uh, But they'll make every effort to get as much information as they can. Um, We now live in a Google world, so I can only imagine that that is received as a gift by type fives of this world. Sometimes they'll be a little more quiet than the other person, and they can seem maybe quote-unquote introverted. However, just notice if you are in the presence of a five, instead of saying, hey, how are you feeling? If there are crickets, try and say, what are you thinking about? And then stand back and prepare yourself to spend a lot of time listening. Or when fives can get going on a topic of interest, boy, they know a lot. And they can usually have a hard time stopping once they're going in these certain topics that they know a whole lot about. Alright, so I hope that has made a lot of sense. The way I do types, as you know, is um, we're going to head over into a story. It's this amazing thing that instead of just being taught a type, um, catching a type is a better way of uh, sort of understanding um, or standing under. You know, think of a waterfall. understanding or standing under what type is all about. See, it's more subtle. It's about energy and about focus of attention and motivation. It's about those things more than behavior. So it's a little less obvious than, for example, Myers-Briggs personality typing, if you will. So we're going to head into a story for that reason. I hope you catch the type in this story. But right before we do, uh, let me say just a few more words about type five. Hi. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, the couple of words I want to say and focus on here just for a few seconds are detachment and fear. I'll start with fear. The fives that I've known just don't resonate with that. Um, I remember asking a five friend, um, what are you afraid of? And crickets, really nothing. Um, they can be quite fearless. Um, they're quite detached in a sense, which is the other word I'm going to, I'm going to head over to in a second, but they're, they, they are not really attached to, you know, the emotions, if you will. But here's the thing, all my beloved fives of this world, you are afraid of being overwhelmed, aren't you? And this world is so overwhelming and it, and it demands so much of you. So to all my fives... Um, I hope I'm doing you some justice by highlighting this for you, but also for everybody else. That's where the fear is. That's where the anxiety backdrop uh, sort of has its place in the type 5 Enneagram type, Enneagram style. And the reason is they fear overwhelming uh, because despite you know how they appear to outsiders, they are hypersensitive. Oh yeah, they are. And because they're so sensitive, they are easily influenced. So to defend their sensitive souls, you know, to defend themselves, they try to escape from various outside influences. And this is where they can detach like pretty much no other type on the Enneagram. So these are the ones who can have a cool, detached observation of what is going on. All right, detachment. We've been talking about it as well. The other word, you know, um, it's a little more, just to go into a subtlety here, it's a little more like non-attachment. There's a coolness about type fives where they can be outflanked by, you know, really big emotions that might be present from other people because emotions kind of get in the way of the clarity of vision, right? Or the clarity of understanding something or getting the information of what is really going on. And so on the one hand, that's great. On the other hand, their emotional lives can be a little bit like a river or like a riverbed that used to be full of uh, water um, and the water kind of being a metaphor for emotions, but it's kind of dried up. So cool riverbed and there's no water there that can sort of be the downside of it. And so I want to encourage all type fives to just dial in some more 
of the emotional reality. I know you're hypersensitive and I know it feels like you'll be devastatingly depleted if you do. However, just be encouraged. Um, don't forget to do that. Uh, your emotions are also a part of the wisdom that you ultimately want and a part of the rich life that you want. So, as we've been exploring in this series, Jesus uses parables to teach us about capital R reality, about this world that we live in, and about abundance, um, true abundance, the abundance of Creator God, Creator Spirit. And Jesus is constantly aware that the people that He is teaching are living with a different kind of um, economy in mind. Uh, they are imagining a world of scarcity. So for type five, what does the scarcity look like? Well, for type five, there's not enough energy to go around. And if I give it away, I'll be depleted. There's, there's nothing left. So, hmm. Well, if I give away some ideas, for example, well, that's a renewable resource, right? Because it's just in my head. So I can give somebody ideas and if they ask for it and, you know, I can be helpful that way. So they resort to a safer way of living in, in this economy, sort of adjusting to this economy of scarcity. Although they're not aware that that's what's happening. <laughs> so Jesus, in his parables, speaking to type fives, uses the imagination as the place where he wants to encourage those who are listening to his uh, wisdom way of teaching to engage with him. He wants to meet them in their imagination and he wants to share with them his truth and the way that he sees the world, which is a world of abundance, not scarcity. The most obvious words of uh, Jesus here are, we could go to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yeah, but you might think, hmm, type fives of this world can get around that straight moral command of uh, Jesus's to, to live in the abundance, right? Not in a scarcity mode. Uh, they, can, they can do that really well by detaching and withdrawing from this struggle and living on little, right? Or just living on nothing but their interior life. See, the Enneagram Type 5 trance, if you will, is more conservative than acquisitive. So what Jesus does is he, of course, keeps on teaching. And what we find is we find him uh, teaching a little later in the same gospel, this same teaching, right? But he teaches this parable in action. You're probably familiar with this, but this is the feeding of the 5,000. And this shall be our wake-up call to the type 5 trance. All right, so here it is. Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now, when Jesus heard this, 
He withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place apart. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. As he went ashore, he saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have only five loaves here and uh, two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied and they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children You notice that this parable is frequently presented as the multiplication of loaves with Jesus the hero creating more bread and fish. But but Jesus himself refused to turn stones into bread, remember. He did not come to furnish physical nourishment then or in this passage. A much better title perhaps for this parable would be the breaking of the bread. The first statement now when he heard this refers to the passage just before the parable, of course. After hearing of John's beheading, uh, Jesus had gone out into the wilderness to grieve. And like a type 5, he needed to be by himself in order to assimilate and deal with the tragedy within himself. But the crowds, the demands, just wouldn't leave him alone. This is how five feels about the world. This is how fives feel pretty much all the time. Too many demands are made on them and not allowed any time alone. Just like Jesus here is not allowed any time alone. So it is significant that Jesus handles it in this way. He's handling his inner grief by ministering to those who come to him. You know, the disciples, they come off rather poorly. Um, They got that regular economy of scarcity going on, right? That's pretty obvious. Let's just send them away. You know, they're asking too much. We don't have enough. But Matthew records that they fed 5,000. And this wasn't even counting children or women. I mean, can you imagine? This is, you know, they only counted the men. Women never bring children on journeys without also bringing food. Am I right? People always carried food with them especially if they went any distance at all, you know? So Clarence Thompson is reminding us here as well, what most likely happened is that out of the thousands of pockets and purses came their personal stash for the journey. Maybe some figs here, some bread there, the usual, you know, portable fare. So what happens is exactly the contrary to the expectations and experience of Enneagram Type 5. Are you with me here? Think about that. 
people share and everyone gets enough. No one's overwhelmed. There's even more left over. Remember, they took up 12 baskets of the broken pieces left over, it says. And fives of this world assume that wealth will be depleted by others. Resources will be depleted and then we're just left without anything. The parable asserts that our individual poverty will be dissolved by the generosity of others. Moved by him looking to the heavens and blessing what he he had, what they had, you know, the disciples and him, and then sharing, they did the same. And I'd love to invite you to see that in the abundance, this is still miraculous. This is a miracle. And notice he didn't command them. Well, I know all y'all have food, so why don't y'all all just share and leave me alone? I need to go grieve. No, he engaged them. He gave of himself, but compassionately. Notice that. With feeling. <laughs> Dialed in. Maybe he wasn't feeling like it. You know what I mean? Maybe he was afraid. Who knows? But what Jesus does in his imagination is he counters all the other imaginations that are happening from the disciples around him and the other people wanting more of him, healing and teaching. And and he just, he obviously just needs to grieve, but he chooses the opposite. He chooses love and compassion. And in doing so, he draws that out of them as well. And amongst all the other things that are happening there, I would love for us to hold on to this. All Enneagram Fives, hold on to this. Don't remain completely unattached from your emotions. They are necessary. They are a part of the deepest wisdom that there really is. And your way of managing life, as amazing and brilliant as it is, and comprehensive, yes, It's all up in your own ivory tower. Come down. Meet us. Yes, you will be confronted with our emotions and and everything. But that is how you will truly be an embodiment of the true riches of love that are here. So what do we do with that, right? I always end these things by saying we need to notice a little bit of detachment, which fives do very, very well in their trance. Um, (laughs) So trust that. But we need to notice ourselves a little more objectively. And then for each type, remember something. Um, What Clarence Thompson does great is he closes each chapter with a few things that each type can do. So what can type fives do, right? Well, after having noticed, what type fives can do is this. I'll list three things here. Thank you, Clarence, by the way. Lift weights. Notice you are organic. That means the more effort you spend, the more strength you have. The emotional analogy is obvious, but learn the truth in your body not just in your mind. A 
second thing type fives can do is put this sign on your desk. You have to sing like you don't need the money. (laughs) You have to sing like you don't need the money. (laughs) And last but not least, number three, fives, you can do this. Read the gospel at one sitting. Notice the sense of abundance that Jesus has in a variety of ways. And notice how the wisdom is always, is always paired with compassion, with mercy, with love. And not just the coolness of detached intellectual observance. All right, fives. Your needs are not a problem. We all know you're hypersensitive. So... It's okay, and it's a clever thing that you are doing to have learned a way to not be so attached to those emotions that you're so hypersensitive to. You're doing no one a favor by remaining dialed out. So learn how in the noticing, then you can take a next step and begin to dial in the necessary emotions in order to embody the wisdom of divine love, of mercy. And ultimately, that's the rich life you want. That's the abundance that you seek. And having that not just in your head, but in all the relationships and in your embodied life in this world, that's the strength. That's what you need. May it be yours. All right, everybody. Uh, Like I do at the end of every episode, um, I just want to say a blessing over you. Um, these are the words that my beloved pastor, Sammy Williams, who happens to be a type five. Yeah, I would love to close with the words that he closed every sermon, every Sunday with. May you live simply, love generously, speak truthfully, serve faithfully, and leave everything else to God. Go in peace. The Enneagram of Personality is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you just listened to, would you take a second to leave us a review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help new listeners find us. You can find more about Logan Jones by visiting his site, loganjonescoaching.com. This podcast is produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thank you to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more faith-affirming podcasts, just visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project Podcast where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.